There was a significant amount of fanfare this past year to mark the 500-year anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. Former President Barack Obama and current German Chancellor Angela Merkel headlined a major event in May to celebrate not only the massive religious, but also cultural and political transformations sparked by the 16th-century Catholic monk turned rebel pastor and theologian Martin Luther. October 31st of 1517, All Hallows' Eve, is the traditional birth date of Protestantism, where Luther famously nailed his 95 theses to the castle church door in Wittenberg, criticizing the Roman Catholic Church's practice of essentially selling salvation or a reprieve from purgatory through the purchase of indulgences. Over the past year, I have also taken serious time to reflect on this historic marker, especially given my serious struggles and questioning of my evangelical heritage. I'll come back to this in a few minutes, but first I have to share a recent epiphany I had about the Protestant Reformation, and that is that there never was one. That's right, I would like to submit to you that the Protestant Reformation is a myth. I have no problem with the use of the word Protestant, for protest is something that Luther and a host of other leaders, both religious and political, did in spades during this time, and one could argue ever since. My beef is with the word Reformation. Not to be a definition stickler, but according to the Oxford Dictionary, Reformation means the action or process of reforming an institution or practice. A present-day example that I am very familiar with is the discussion of immigration reform. In that conversation, it is clear that we are talking about social reform through legislative revision. But it is clearly stated, if not implied, that these changes are happening within a society or institution. But that is not what happened with Luther and company. To say that they were a part of a reformation would be like saying that the United Kingdom voted to reform the European Union in Brexit, or that the signers of the Declaration of Independence were trying to reform the British Empire. If Luther, Zwingli, Calvin, et al. were reformers, then they were lousy ones at that. The end result was a departure from the Roman Catholic Church and the establishment of entirely new church organizations, or what we commonly call denominations, not to mention entire nation-states. A few months ago, I came to a pretty important conclusion. I believe that American evangelicalism, as seen in its culture and institutions, is, with very few exceptions, beyond reform. Aside from a few outliers of what some might call a righteous remnant, I believe that the errant beliefs, values, and behaviors I previously wrote about in the Real Quadrilateral and the two-part series on the idols of evangelicalism are so entrenched in the American evangelical community and its institutions, its churches, denominations, colleges and seminaries, associations and networks, etc., that it is incapable of recovering from its self-inflicted wounds. If you agree with me, where does that leave us? For those of us who profess to follow Jesus and who have been active and committed in this community, what options do we have? There is, as I see it, really only two options. Option one, you can choose to stay. You may disagree with my assertion that the evangelical church in America is beyond reform. If so, you can continue to bind together with other like-minded people and fight for change. In a future post, I will be sharing some of my thoughts on what you can do to attempt to affect change. I say attempt because my personal opinion is that it will be a futile effort. Rather, I think that you need to brace yourself for a calling similar to that of the prophet Jeremiah, where you and others like you will fail in terms of accomplishing true sustainable reform, but you will leave behind a courageous prophetic witness in warning to future generations of followers of Jesus to not take the path that the evangelical church took in the United States. Option 2. Get out. I mean it. 
If you don't have a Jeremiah-like calling, you need to get out. It's an environment that is largely toxic to faith and emotionally manipulative. To recruit someone new to following Jesus into American evangelicalism feels like the inspiration behind Jesus' rebuke to the Pharisees, where he said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. So unless you feel you need to join the ranks of weeping prophets, take the Martin Luther route. Rebel. Start something new. But first, dust off your sandals and leave evangelicalism. While I might have my opinions, ultimately I respect the choice of every Christian in America who feels that they are faced with this decision. My very first post in Faith versus Religion should have made it obvious what decision I have made. But I have very good friends who feel called to the other option. Both those who choose to stay or go will play a very important role in ushering in a new era of a vitalized, timeless faith, along with advancing a truly just peace for all our neighbors. Quick note, if this podcast resonated with you and you want to be a part of an online community where you can encourage and be encouraged, please check out our closed Recovering Evangelicals Facebook group. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. And remember that you can check out more of my takes on faith, social justice, and popular culture, along with other life-inspired musings, by visiting www.curtelewis.com. If you enjoyed and benefited from this and other publications featured on my website, would you take a few minutes to show your support? First, you can share it with your friends via social media, text, message, email, word of mouth, pigeon bird, cave art, whichever you prefer. Second, if you're listening on iTunes, take a few seconds to subscribe to this podcast and to give it a positive review. Lastly, you can help me to continue to produce these podcasts by making monthly or one-time financial contributions. Click on subscribe support on the website to learn more. Again, thanks so much for listening.